Welcome back to Creator Journals, the podcast that opens up on the reality of starting, growing and running a successful creative brand. Today, I get to share my chat with Paul, the street artist behind the name My Dog Size. I have to say, I was pretty excited when Paul agreed to be on the podcast as I know just how busy he is and how lucky I am to grab him for an hour in his studio whilst he was home in the UK for a while. While sitting in that studio, surrounded by some epic pieces, including the very well-known eye artwork, it was pretty unbelievable to know that it all started with abandoned food cans whilst he followed a more conventional career journey in teaching. Fast forward to a feature on the BBC at Huffington Post, just a few small ones there, and he's now a globally recognised street artist. Our chat captures a glimmer of that journey, from teaching to international exhibitions, whilst gathering a few snippets of advice along the way that might just help you on your journey. I want to say a huge thank you to Paul for agreeing to take time out of his hectic schedule and being such a pleasure to chat to. I think you'll realise from the amount of times that I agree and seem in awe of how amazing it was to speak to Paul. It's really not hard to see why he's gone so far with his hard work, attitude, but laid back, open and friendly persona. As ever, I love to hear from you guys. So please feel free to share and tag us or drop me an email to let me know what you think. I really do hope you enjoyed this one. Thank you so much for having me. That's all right. Welcome to the studio. I absolutely love it. I As love you can see, I didn't, I didn't tidy on <laughs> well, purpose. I thought you yeah. did. Yeah, I thought you were nice and tidy for me. Um, before we start, um, obviously I've given you a little bit of introduction, but in your own words, who are you and what are you about? Oh, gosh. Uh, so I'm Paul, but I paint under the street moniker, um, my dog size. Um, which is a bit of a strange one, um, but uh, like it. yeah, it is what it Does is. It I never imagined when I when I picked the name that I would be talking like to. I would be a now. real person, yeah, right? Yeah. Because street art, when I first started, was was ghosts. Yeah, you know, yeah. you'd see the work, but you'd never know or know anything person about the artist, it, and that was yeah. what I expected it to be. That the whole scene has, has changed, and so That's now so I get to stand in front of a microphone or yeah, yeah <laughs> chat to people in the real world which is a strange yeah, one because yeah. then they go oh are you mr good. size yeah. or are you what are you do we call dog? you are you my dog? <laughs> yeah. my dog i answer to most things yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> does it come from anything or um it does but um we'll have to take the microphone to the pub and you'll have okay. to buy me a pint and, okay. like, and then i'll tell you the story some things mic. i've got to yeah. keep mysterious <laughs> yeah, right? okay i won't ask that again um so before we chat about where you are now in this wicked studio and really the I say global domination. I know you're probably going to be humble and shy about it, but you have. You've you've done so well. Let's go back to the very, very beginning. And can you pinpoint really when you found out you had the skill and where it kind of all started? Oh, it depends how far you want to go back. I did a talk in a school this morning, mm. um, and I started off by saying, when I was seven, I drew a picture <laughs> of a fish. Right, right This is how far back <laughs> yeah. we're going. How long have we, we got? Have an hour. Yeah. So, yeah. so I drew the, uh, more of my friends were good at stuff. Some, you know, one friend was good at football, one was good at running, one was good at mathematics. Mm. But I remember drawing this fish and being really proud, and my teacher stuck a gold star on it. Oh, and it was that, that little tiny moment, that one gold star, that made me think, oh, maybe I could, I maybe that's my thing. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And then from that point, I was always the kid with the felt tips. I was always splashing around. And then, you know, I'd be painting kids leather jackets when we were teenagers. When the rave scene came on, I was doing UV backdrops. But like many sensible parents, my dad was like, well, okay, that's all well and good, but you've got to get a proper job. So it was, you know, the the assumption was that it would always be my hobby and I would do it for fun. Um, I think that's the thing I, I struggle with that question with artists because it's not some of the other people I've spoken to it's something that they've 
changed and in their 30s or 40s they've decided to completely change and start a creative business yeah but you can't really ask that question of an artist i don't know where do you all start because <laughs> it kind of is always in there it is yeah in think, some yeah. form some form or another yeah um uh so in my 20s um mm. i decided that i was going to be an artist um artist. and i tried mm. um and i fell flat on my backside i just I wasn't doing it for the right reasons. Mm. I was looking at working galleries going, well, I can do stuff like that. Yeah. So I was doing stuff like that. But then, of course, the galleries realised that I wasn't doing anything original. I wasn't creating artwork. I was just reproducing other what people's... Seen, yeah, yeah what absolutely. So that, that collapsed and I sort of went back into teaching and just did the standard, you know, got married, had kids, yeah. mortgage, pension plan. So did just give it up? Yeah, and then I there. stumbled across a piece of street art in, in London and it was a rat that Banksy had painted on a on a bridge and I was just like, oh, shit, you know, this <laughs> is... This, this is, you know, this isn't a gallery. This is someone going out and yeah. putting it out there for people to see it. And I, and I wanted in. I really wanted to sort of get involved in what was going on. But... Um, if I go around spraying people's walls without permission, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose yeah. my my wife, and yeah. so that that's yeah. kind of how I stepped into doing yeah, the Free Art Friday project. So you kind of gave it up, went back to teaching, and then this is when it all kind of it really was, started. Yeah, it was, and it, it wasn't really started. It, you know, mm. I spent ten years quietly doing yeah. my own Free Art Friday project. It was about the time that the internet was kicking off properly in social media it was before facebook and instagram but there was a community on Flickr, so there were other street artists sharing their work and so my kind of visual outlet because my work isn't um very permanent the free art friday stuff isn't very permanent um i left it out there and then within an hour or two it disappeared um the documentation came alongside the internet and i think a lot of sort of street artists working now Mm. use the kind of physical aspect of their work, someone walking past the street and seeing it, but also that social media side, which means they can... Yeah, you kind of started off doing social media as you were out on the streets. Like, that's kind of the premise of it, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It was a really good vehicle of of, of getting your work seen by more than just the the people that are going to walk past it. Yeah. So how did this Free Art Friday... Because obviously it's infamous now that you painted on discarded items. Mm. Like, why did you choose that is it because of that kind of i can't paint on a wall it was exactly that i wasn't (laughs) i mean i wasn't brave enough Mm. and didn't want to do it illegally and i've got a house i don't want someone to come with and stick some on the wall without permission and what you like is different to what someone else exactly exactly so my way of doing it was you know initially i was painting canvases and putting that out and that became expensive and there was a risk that potentially i could get caught for littering so my way around it was to find rubbish paint it and then put it back where i found it and actually actually i was clearing up the streets of south sea because after a while it'd get picked up and it'd get found but that but that was just it was just 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 for fun really you know it was just a nice way of me being able to produce paintings and and I enjoy enjoy the act Mm. of painting so I'd enjoy the act of painting it I'd leave it on the street take a photograph and then there's this wonderful kind of mysterious story in my head that someone's going to stumble past it and they're going to you know they make some connection with it and then they have to decide if they're brave enough to pick it up and yeah, take it away bit, with them it? and that's appreciate but is that brave i think i would be like oh yeah. can I? I did right back in the early days decide to stop and see who was who was picking it up and i did a big piece <laughs> and it was at the end of albert road and i sat in the cafe opposite and just watched loads of people walk past it without taking any notice a few people stopped and looked and then a street sweeper with his yellow cart came along and he just picked it up and put it in the rubbish no. <laughs> 
didn't think you were going to say <laughs> that. I thought but this I, I'm, a, I'm a positive person, so I like to think that he took it back to the yard and he's got this massive yeah, display of all these incredible pieces of free art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Reality is it hit <laughs> landfill. So after that, I realised that the stories in my head are the things that are are nice for me, yeah, especially at that stage, yeah. uh, when people really didn't know what it was that they were picking up. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it, it was best uh, not to uh, stay. Yeah, I love the premise of it. I was reading, as I told you yesterday, without being too stalkerish, the premise behind it, the, um, it's very popular at the moment, it's about that discarding, it's the culture of, it's a piece of litter, but actually it represents that waste culture. And I love that. Can you explain a bit more? Because is that kind of, did that grow as you did it? Or is it kind of from the beginning? Um, yeah, I, was, I mean, it wasn't a conscious decision. Yeah. Um, it kind of grew organically, you, you know, saving money. So yeah, anything's yeah. a canvas like when, you say, you, yeah, when you've got that opportunity. But also, you know, the, the increasing homelessness. Mm. So you're walking past people on the street and their heads are down and their hands are out and they're asking for loose change. And when I started painting the cans, which mm. you know, I'm pretty well known for now, mm. you know, they, the cans themselves pretty much mimicked what was happening to people you know at one point they were someone's husband son Mm. wife you know whatever and then societies kind of discarded them and the cans were the same thing at one point they nourished people at one point they were useful and then they were just kind of thrown out and my point well if i can with us in a small way bring them back do something with them which makes them you know desirable and useful in society then can we not do the same thing with what's happening with people on the street? Can yeah, we not invest a little bit of time yeah. and effort and then they can become, you know... Exactly, people can take the in. time to really look out of, in their surroundings and find your cans and pick it up, like you say, and take it home and love it. Mm. It is that same concept. Why mm. are we ignoring everything else? Then, yeah, I love that. I really yeah. love that. So, from there, you... Did you, I, like you say, Flickr was kind of bigger then. Is this where you kind of grew the community, the Free Art Fridays? Is that where things started yeah. to get bigger? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I didn't create the idea of giving work out for free that's mm. happened for a long time yeah. i coined the phrase because it was the friday that i was catching the train to work <laughs> and it was the friday that i left <laughs> it out so yeah. and it's an f and i was doing alliteration <laughs> yeah. with the kids yeah. and it was like yeah well, it all, all lent itself and that kind of it helped kind of just create some umbrella title for yeah. and there were lots of diff- people doing it in different ways and people are still you know right across the globe running little kind of free projects leaving work out for free it's quite often a good way as an emerging artist when you first yeah. start and you're not brave enough to kind of put it out there you, oh, you know, you're not you ready to yeah. go for a gallery yeah. you're not ready to sort of do something official to give the public an opportunity to, to see your yeah. work the downside is the work disappears and, and you don't know yeah, yeah, but it is yeah. that first step yeah. and I think you know I, get, I can travel the world now and there isn't any city that I've been to in the world where there isn't a community of people that I can't connect with and have a sofa to sleep on or yeah. you know meet up with them when we're going to do some free art drops yeah. in, in those places so yeah it's pretty so crazy it's I never imagined yeah. that it was going to be what it is just me um, a little side sort yeah. of yeah I love it so where were you doing that were you doing all that from home I yeah yeah uh, yeah, uh, yeah, in South Sea, um, just, just working out spare bedroom. That yeah. was my studio, yeah, you know. It was that. just a little space, <laughs> yeah. for, you know, and I would oh, sit in an evening in front of the telly, oh, just no. kind of splashing paint, you know. Still working full-time. Still working full-time, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So when was that turning point from the free up front? You obviously build in the community and then those first commissions. So when did things sort of start to change? So there was, the, uh, I suppose the, key event really if I think back was the 
BBC. Oh, big. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, actually, it, so the BBC picked up on what was happening Thank on the Free on Friday. Yeah. Actually, it wasn't the BBC. It was a runner in the BBC ah. who kind of knew what was happening with the Free Art Friday project. And internally, the BBC did a competition saying, if you've got an interesting art story... Put the, put it forwards and we'll consider it and they'll be like the one that's picked we'll make into a little feature to go onto oh, an arts programme yeah. and he put he messaged me and he's like oh yeah I'm going to put this this kind of thing forwards about doing Free Up Friday and I was like yeah mate yeah whatever yeah. Uh, and then a month later the BBC contacted me and said oh this guy's won this competition and we're going to do a feature and it was on the culture show and it's BBC's flagship arts programme it's not small like arts no yeah it's like a little it's local like, thing yeah, like um, and they did like a little three minute thing on the end that's of the incredible. you know the high-end art stuff yeah. and then um, filming yeah, in the feature. studio at home and then we went up to London and dropped a few pieces mm. and they were they had the film crew hiding be- like a massive BBC <laughs> film crew hiding in the bushes <laughs> so as soon as anybody oh picked up a piece God. of free art they jumped on them like what are you doing <laughs> <Picking them up?" laughs> throw it yeah. around but, you thought you were bad in the cafe yeah. looking <laughs> yeah. but a couple of um, London street art galleries happened to be watching oh, the programme mm. and I you know I hadn't sold any work I hadn't even considered it I was doing it for shit and giggles yeah, you know it was just for fun side, yeah. um, and then they were like have you ever considered we like the cans have you ever considered selling a few um, and I, you know it's just like well if I had an opportunity to make a few quid to, to buy some new paint then yeah, I'll do that yes, and that, and, yeah. and that was the, the sort of catalyst there really I, there was a really good gallery called Pure Evil that offered me a show um, and I, my second son had just been born so I was going to work working really hard coming home helping my wife you know put the kids to bed and then in the evenings oh, I would just kind of goodness. paint like a mad thing put 20 cans together for a show and it was a sellout show and that was my first experience with a gallery and yeah oh, so that was one of my questions like what was that first kind of piece but it wasn't just it, a piece it was, it was that it was the show yeah show. which no, is crazy no. and you know it's i had no idea how much to charge no, or no. so they were super cheap to start <laughs> with because <laughs> you know before. yeah absolutely yeah anything is a bonus yeah. but um yeah that was the kick the start off point really i suppose so from there really um we have to talk about the eyes <laughs> the eyes <laughs> the eyes i think um portsmouth born obviously they are known here they everyone loves them, obviously everyone loves them anyway but so i have to talk to you about them when did when did the eye oh okay start? so i'm gonna go back to the cans yep um so when I was painting cans to mimic the homeless guys, I'd always paint with the eyes closed. Oh, okay, they're always looking, you know, yeah, the guys, yeah. they often don't make eye contact. And, yeah. and then I walked past one young homeless girl and she properly stared at me. She really, <laughs> really stared. She's like, got any change? Have you got any change? Yeah. And I was just like, whoa, okay, yeah, this, this is pretty is... hardcore. So I went back and painted oh, a can with eyes goodness. open. But I painted the eyes and it's the first time I painted them. They were all right. Yeah. You know, I was quite pleased with them. But I painted the nose and completely messed it up. And I was just like, no, oh, no. <laughs> So I threw it across the table in the studio and it just stayed there. And I was delivering some eyes closed cans to a gallery up in East London and I walked past two women in burqa. So they were completely dressed from head to toe in black with this little tiny window, these beautiful made-up eyes. And uh, so I came back to the studio and I got this can where the nose was in the wrong place on the can. And I painted out everything black and just left this little window space for the eyes. And that's the can that the Huffington Post picked up on. It was on the MSN homepage. It was like, you know, the people talk about things going viral. It it just went went crazy viral. I got, you know, 7,000 new followers in like two hours or something. It was just really, really, really nuts. And I was looking at it thinking, what is it about this can that has, mm. has done this? Everything is black apart from this little window where the eyes were. Mm. So I 
took the idea of this 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 window yeah. with a pair of eyes and I replicated it on a canvas. Uh, I had an upcoming show and I thought, well, I'll just I'll do that and see what it's yeah, like. So yeah. it, it was just literally this window with a pair of eyes on, and um, yeah, it got it got good feedback and I was kind of fascinated by it. At that point, there was just a little spot for the reflection. There wasn't all the kind of things that are happening mm. now. And it was just like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, and I like the idea of women wearing makeup, right? And they yeah. wear makeup for different reasons. That mm. idea that um, they can hide behind it or they can use it to empower themselves. Mm, yeah. And, like, you've got the idea of wall paint. Yeah, so it's just like, yeah, well, okay, yeah. what happens if I put, like, a wall paint stripe of, of ah, behind the eye? So I did that and then I ah, quite like that and I was exploring different colours and then I was painting on a wall for a paint jam one day and I put a roller across the wall and I had too much paint on it and all the paint dripped down the wall and I was like, oh, no, oh, no, no. Okay, I've got to make it look like I'm supposed to yeah. have done this. Like, happy accidents. You yeah, have to kind of, yeah. you know, there's no, I couldn't it. get rid of it. It, yeah. it was there. So I just put loads of paint on and it all dripped down. And then it was just like, wow, well, I kind of like, they were a little cool, bit yeah. like tears. And yeah. then, so that then springs up ideas and you think, well, what if, been... so it's always like kind of that what if, and that's why yeah. I'm painting. It's always like, what if I do that? What if I do this? So they're all really just a slow progression based on that one burka one, can. Yeah. And um, I was looking, you know, studying, trying to improve what I was doing. And I'd always, you look in someone's eyes and you can see yourself reflected yeah. back, right? I'm yeah, looking yeah. at your eyes now and you can, <laughs> yeah. I can see myself silhouetted. <laughs> and so I like the idea that I was leaving a little bit of me as the yeah. artist in the reflection. And then one day I was painting um, up in um, Birmingham for an event and it was Father's Day. And mm. I was away from my kids and I was really kind of fed up. I wasn't getting breakfast in bed and, yeah, you know, I wasn't yeah, there. So I, So I painted me in the reflection I thought oh, do you know what I'm going to just stick my kids either side so I did that and at that point it was just like oh my gosh I can put anything in there yeah, right yeah. I can tell a story yeah. so people go oh, you're the guy that paints the eyes but I like to think I'm the guy that paints stories story. hidden inside yeah. the reflection of the eyes so now I've got these kind of endless possibilities mm. of stories of love and loss and it's really and, individual commissions yeah, absolutely and then yeah. you know people once one person will walk along and go oh wow big eye that's really really cool and then other people are going oh, what's that, that inside yeah. there you know you can stick a tear on it and then suddenly there's a whole new level yeah. of narrative yeah. and I stand in my show and people don't always necessarily know who I am I'm the artist mm. and they'll stare and look at a piece of work and I'll put a really personal story for me mm. in that reflection and they'll stand there and go oh that reminds me of the time that we were at and they mm. build this whole this story and this whole narrative this connection one. with it oh, yeah. and I'm not going to go actually no you're wrong but I want them to have some sort of connection so, so I quite nice. often try and make them ambiguous yeah. so that people can build their own their own stories into it. there because it's I mean we'll touch on it it's accessible art and the way things are going in the art world that like you were saying before when you started out it was that gallery like mm. that's kind of how it was wasn't it if you're an mm. artist you're in a gallery and I love how street art is changing the way but it's still giving that that real deep meaningful you are staring and you're finding your own story through that art even yeah. though it's like street and most people see street art as graffiti and mm. it's just that person's kind of tag as yeah. they say but but yeah, I mean, art is supposed to um to engage people and get them to question their everyday existence right and if someone walks past a piece of my work and they go oh bloody hate that um i'm kind of pleased because (laughs) they are engaging with it you know and i think that's the great thing about art on the street is it it gives people that wouldn't necessarily walk into a white cube gallery Mm. um 
the opportunity to engage with the arts yeah. on some level. It can be a really, I like it, I don't like it level, you know, and I've seen people look at walls that have been painted and, you know, literally cry, you know. Yeah. It, it can be really, really it's emotive so and people powerful, don't, you know, they often don't feel like they're comfortable walking into a museum or walking yeah. into a gallery. But if mm. you put it on the street everyone has that opportunity to engage yeah. with it from you know the little kids you can see them they stand yeah. there staring their parents are dragging them away because they've got to go to yeah. tesco's or yeah. whatever you know but yeah. everybody in some way in, engages with it and that's really powerful it's for me it's so yeah. powerful yeah. like the, the the power you have in your hands and like you said to those little kids imagine an eye that big they mm. must from then look back to the childhood memories they'll remember that eye up yeah there. well i hope so yeah, so yeah. hopefully i'll still be there well i did uh, as an aside so i've just come back from devon okay. i've been working down there yeah uh, I did a um, private commission but I also had the opportunity to paint so when I was 12 mm. I walked through an underpass in Exeter in Devon uh, and saw my first piece of graffiti and it was uh, it was 1984 there was no street art there was no graffiti mm. back then but this is one wizard painted on the wall and I remember it was kind of when graffiti was came over from America and it was like a really big thing and we we all went back to school the next day drawing these wizards and trying to write our own graffiti oh, names and that so was like cool, oh, wow yeah. wow and so I had the opportunity to go back and paint in the same oh, underpass wow. that this whiz piece was painted and for me it was like this massive full circle I was really yeah, inspired as a kid by so this one nice. piece and now I'm leaving a piece and maybe some 12 year old kid's going to walk in the tunnel and go oh yeah. look like yeah. I'm going to you know <laughs> and then they'll start drawing it on their yeah. exercise books yeah but it is it's that accessible art and they may never have see art but that's the first time they get to witness mm. art and it's just so it is a massive power mm. um, so moving on and kind of growing um from those first little commissions that you were getting how did it go from there was it a kind of slow process or was it from that kind of huffington post viral pieces from a few of the shows did it just kind of take off yeah or, yeah you know? i think i i, I was kind of lucky that that mm. first gallery although i didn't know anything about the gallery scene mm. were, were fairly prestigious and uh, the show sold out and yeah. um galleries are kind of fickle people they, you know, they run a very difficult business especially nowadays with artists being able to sell directly you yeah, know I really yeah. get how tricky it can be for a gallery um, so they're looking for artists that they know that are going to sell yeah, their work business, so yeah, yeah it is a business a and so people would contact them and go I've heard you've had a sell out show with Pure Evil are you interested in something mm, so uh, you know I was juggling kind of full-time yeah, thing uh, with trying to run shows. And then it got to a point where I was having to turn down painting work to go into work every day. Yeah. I was really, really lucky. My wife's a teacher as well. Ah. Um, and she'd she'd gone down part-time to look after the kids yeah. and I was teaching full-time in the same school. Ah. So we approached the head teacher. My, my wife was like, well, okay, things might be happening. Why don't we swap for a bit? Yeah. So she very, very um, kind of wonderfully kind went of, back yeah. full-time. Oh, I went part-time so I had the opportunity to um to, to spend a bit more time yeah. to see where it, it could go you didn't know where it was going to go no then, absolutely it? and it's such up, a such yeah. a tricky game it really yeah. is so many artists so many people trying to rip off artists so hard people really struggle mm. to value art I think yeah. you know the amount of times that I get offered you know can you come and do this it will be great exposure for you that's lovely <laughs> but I can't <laughs> feed my kids exposure yeah. you know and there are you know we do do artists we all do things for free we all yeah. do sort of charity events and we all paint you know I paint walls for free because it's a great spot and I want to paint and there it, and I want to get the You've got to there. keep the art, the hobby side of it going. Yeah, you? you're the passion. You can't just is, you do know, stuff that you're being told to do. Absolutely, yeah. but equally, you know, you've got to try and. You know, it's a difficult for yeah. you know industry to make a living from. Yeah. So part time, and then, kind of from there, did you just literally just? Grow it built up and up and up. Yeah, I had. I got offered of a big show in West London. Went 
uh, took a sabbatical from work for a term oh, and then I got to the end of the sabbatical and the head teacher said you're not coming back are no. you and I was just like well if it all falls flat on his, I? On his <laughs> ass I can step back into teaching yeah. find another job yeah um and touch wood um that hasn't that happened. hasn't happened yet so, it's so good that like the support from your work and mm. from your wife it yeah. does seem like that kind of if you didn't have those two in place and maybe it would have all or you could have done that gamble but it's a huge gamble it to is, take, yeah. isn't it yeah very much so so you went from UK to nation, like nationwide success, really. Then it stepped up, and you're now international. You're an international artist that's so well known. Kind of how how did you do that? Did you actively pursue that, or was it again just people contacting you? Um, a, a kind of a mixture of both, really. Mm. I've been painting in the UK street art festivals, of which there's quite a lot for okay. for a good few years, mm. um, and I know there were a lot of you know initially a lot of. Um, festivals in the US yeah. um, and they were looking you know they had US artists on their roster but they were looking for international artists to yeah. kind of to, to front the event yeah, or um, so um, yeah a few invites for those again with galleries again you know showing with some UK galleries US galleries are looking for new artists they want mm. to sell and kind of contacted and I would send the odd piece out to a gallery you know it's just so expensive to send a oh, canvas so in a crate and like you know it's a real punt and you just don't know and so you tend to piece out in the hope that it would sell and yeah, if it did okay. then you you knock on the door and go well how about a show or how yeah. about half a show or, yeah. and then build it up from there but I think you know it's like all these things you, you know we all make huge mistakes along the way but you've got to do that in order to to work out whether it's going to work or not and I think the internet has changed a lot of things doesn't it international is no longer international it's like you say one gallery picks you up and then New York will be knocking and it's not it's just because they've Mm. seen you and it's so easy to be seen so yeah Yeah. and then you know there are a couple of major events in the that happen so there's a big event that happens Mm. in Miami every year um Art Basel which um December so Miami in December is kind of nice um it's always a self-funded trip so you know I just thought right this is the opportunity for me to to try and step into that arena so yeah yeah, saved up some money went over there slept on the floor of a friend who'd got a hotel room managed to blag a couple of walls um and that it it gets you seen see people don't see that side of it though do they that you have to save up to go over there yeah you've got to hustle yeah absolutely I've been invited to Miami yeah yeah. well you you say that on social media on social media it's all about hey everybody look I'm I'm in Miami yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. it's not the fact you've done it on the tightest budget you possibly can you're eating from you know food stores because there's no other money and you just you know scrape your money for paint together but yeah you've got to do what you know you've got to hustle you've got to work hard there's no there's no shortcuts around it you know I get people asking me how do you do it how do you do it you know I think that's the problem with artists again we're going to be talking about it in a bit about worth it's they see the the outside and they see the final piece but they don't see that hard graft Mm. hard hard graft that you have had to save to get out there and it's not just that this lovely show is just you've just flown in and you're hosting a show and you fly (laughs) back out again it's it's not that, and people don't see that side. Yeah. Um, so when you went international, did it change anything? Did you have to get more... Did, have you got anyone involved, like a team, or do you still run everything? Kind of? um, 
No, I, ha- I had an assistant for a while, but um, I'm a control freak. I yeah. think that's the really, really hard thing. And having done everything right from the get-go, yeah. so I've just released some little enamel pin badges. I'm yeah. the one, you know, I'm pushing them in, I'm putting the boxes together, yeah, I'm posting everything out. If I do a print run, then I'm in here rolling them up, signing them yeah. all. You know, there isn't a team of people. I know artists that have got no. to the stage that they have assistants, but to, to regularly have to pay someone like yeah. that is that's a big expense, which you, you know, you have to guarantee that you're going to make so much money per year in order to do that and um, and I think like you say once you've done it from the beginning you've done everything so you've yeah. done it it's, it's not that you're like I can't do that it's like I it, let it does to get do to that, that point yeah. where it, it's a little bit crazy it's in fact balance. my you know my wife now is reducing her hours teaching okay, so yeah. she can come and I was going to ask she has an official <laughs> merchandise manager from September that, I'm not yeah. sure what she thinks about that <laughs> yeah. but, um, trying to so yeah keep that side of stuff yeah that's the good thing if you've got people around you can grow that way can't you yeah they can end up leaving their jobs and doing kind of what yeah. they want to do too so yeah. at some point maybe I'll be brave enough to relinquish a little bit of control but yeah, I don't nah, know we'll I'm see saying. yeah <laughs> I'm like if you're going to do it do it really really yeah, well. do yeah, it better than I absolutely. would I know yeah. that or you spend your time looking over their shoulder going well can, hang on just yeah. move out of the way I'll you're do like, it I'll it's do, fine yeah yeah, yeah. And they end up just sitting there like drinking tea like yeah. I'll go yeah. <laughs> this will be good I'm sure the thing is it all depends there's that balance isn't there there is a point where it tips too yeah. far and you have to then get it all depends what you need it for isn't mm. it? and it all depends where you want your business yeah. to grow yeah. as well doesn't it? you know i'm conscious of the fact that um my paintings are becoming quite expensive mm. um and so not everybody's able necessarily to come in and you know pay for a commission or you know pay yeah. for a big canvas work so then i've got to think well you know i want to make sure that everybody who likes my work yeah. has the opportunity to get something so mm, that means putting little sticker packs together or selling small merchandise items mm. so that I've got that They've opportunity got that. to so everyone yeah, has that opportunity yeah. to jump in and get it's something so nice, but yeah. they're all businesses in themselves you, you know That's running nice. social media yeah. is a business in itself the time in the studio I'm traveling and so you know I'm yeah, having to leave my wife for yeah, periods yeah. of time and go and spend time on the road and that means you're not in the studio painting exactly and yeah so when you is, actually do the, yeah. the, the art yeah. yeah and people see so the exhibition hard. on the wall but they forget that you, you've spent months and months and months actually locked away <laughs> pretending that that you're not in <laughs> in yeah, order yeah. that your mates don't knock on the door and come yeah. up for a coffee <laughs> yeah. so that you can actually yeah. crack on and get stuff done they know you're in there yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 it's really quiet so kind of going on talked a bit about exhibitions and really your advice from doing from doing that first one and kind of knowing how you felt when you like you say well, how do I, much do I charge what do I do to now what advice would you give anyone that is looking to kind of do their first exhibition um that's a really really tricky one isn't Mm. it um I don't you know it's very hard to walk in as a new artist and go right my work is going to be a thousand pounds at a time um the art market is a strange one you get people buying for different reasons so you know the 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 best ones are people buying because they really love your work yeah but equally um there are people that buy to invest mm-hmm. um, and there are people that buy because they collect street art so they want one piece yeah, from each yeah, of the different yeah. street artists so um, I had some great advice after my first show I started off and he was like how much you want to charge I was like I don't know I don't know mm-hmm. how much you know how much yeah. Yeah, yeah. How much do you think people will pay it's yeah, a tin can yeah. you know uh, and he gave me a price and we sold that and then a gallery take, 
takes a commission cut. So yeah. fifty. You know, I didn't realize until the end of the show, fifty percent of what's been made is gone. So that's exactly yeah, what I thought. Yeah. Oh my god! You know, maybe yeah. I need to double it. Yeah. Um, and then his advice was right. Okay, if you if you sell out a show or you've you've got you've had a successful six months, you increase the value of your work by ten to fifteen percent. Okay, twenty percent if it's really, really flying, and so that's all I've done. But you're like, Um, I didn't know the fifty percent there is that on top of the fifty percent. Yeah, I mean they work hard for it, and and a good gallery are going to introduce you to a whole new market, and you know you're always as an artist looking for a gallery that has artists that are looking yeah. for work of a specific caliber I, you know, i'm desperate to have my work hung next to those next level artists yeah, right those yeah, ones that are yeah, further up the yeah. up the up the chain that yeah. have you know price tags that make me all yeah, excited yeah. i want to get hung next to those yeah. because the perception is that my work has yeah, that definitely. same value yeah. you know so yeah. you're it's they do that that's the thing they're doing everything they're giving you the name they're the marketing they're everything can't yeah. they they're not at that initial stage it's not really about what you're making as long as you're making something so it's not complete waste yeah. but but when you're starting you know social media is fantastic yeah. you get out there and you, you know you do a small you know yeah. edition of a piece of work um and, and you mm. get it sold and if people are interested and people yeah. like it and they'll buy it then you you yeah. know you keep going slow incre- increments you know don't suddenly start super high Try but just be. start lowering keep going on from there i love that advice of the 15 to 20 percent that yeah. you continually Whenever you realise it's time to go there. Yeah, and what happens is people buy your, you know, people that bought it really early on and go, yeah, I got it for 100 quid, you know, and now it's worth X, Y, and Z. And those people that haven't bought it, that kind of held off, they'll go, oh, maybe I need to jump onto it next time because it might might go up again. Like you say about social, it's not about going straight to exhibitions. And I'm not in the art world, but I love lately with small businesses, say restaurants, pubs, and they let you exhibit your work i yeah. love when i go into a pub and you can buy the artwork mm. off the wall so yeah. it's kind of doing all that isn't it it's not yeah. going and loads and loads of artists are doing pop-up shows as well yeah, find a find a cafe true. find a bar find an empty space yeah. hire it you know find a local brewery that will help sponsor yeah. the free beer for the show put on event you know i'm all i'm all you know about that that kind of punk diy thing yeah, um and i'm really you know excited when artists put that you know that energy in your work super hard you're being the gallerist and the artist but put on a really cool event make it something that everybody wants to go way back early days i got together with um another two local artists m1 um Mm. and lost dave and there was a comic shop on elm grove it's not there anymore um and um, they had a basement, really damp, dodgy basement. And we were like, can we have this a show downstairs? Can yeah. we do this? And it was, you know, we bought our own bedside lamps because there's no lighting oh, and they're shining up against the wall. But it was just such a really cool, cool fun yeah. event. And it was yeah. like, a, it had that buzz to it's it. It's you, like, yeah. yeah. And that's what you've got to do. Yeah. Don't worry about trying to get into a high iron gallery yeah. to start with. Just start slow, find a space, find a cafe, find a bar, get in there and just... Just do it, you yeah. know. Don't hang around waiting for it to happen. You've got to make it happen. Find your style, like yeah. you say. It's what you're about. Don't mm. try and fit into what yeah. someone else is doing. Um, so kind of rounding up the story is, where is your business now? Um, what's the current focus? What's going on? Because I know we, before off mic, we were saying where you've been, like... Yeah. <laughs> you've been <laughs> busy. <laughs> so, yeah, it's... I, I, you know, I'm in a very lucky position. I'm, you know, mm. very aware... Um, I, We're not lucky. You've worked hard. Too. Well, yeah, I have, but I do. You know, I do feel very lucky. I, yeah, you know, you're a lot doing of, what you love. I'm yeah. doing what I really love. It feels like feels like I retired five years ago. I'm no, still working no. sort of ten hours a day, six mm. days a yeah. week. <laughs> I don't sleep. Kind of um, yeah. I have no Wi-Fi in the studio just so no. that I don't 
spend yeah. my time on my phone I can focus Waste on painting yeah. but that does mean that when you get home at the end of the day in the studio that's when you have to do all of the social media all of the emails yeah. all of the stuff but yeah I've just come back from a big show in Australia mm. so that was kind of five six months of my life preparing for that and then three weeks over there um, I've got some very patient collectors that have t- uh, I've taken on some commissions for and they've been very very patient yeah. <laughs> they've made their deposit and they know they've got a piece yeah, coming but coming. they've been yeah. waiting for 12 months so I'm, oh, I am working to try I'm and get sure a few of those mind. finished um, and then uh, a few small shows just kind of um, group shows and then I've got a London solo in this, in November mm-hmm. uh, with a gallery called Nelly Duff and it's the first time in two years I've done a, a London show so uh, a lot of my gallery stuff has been in in the States and Asia so um, it's kind of nice to come and do a U, UK show yeah, and hopefully do something which is back. exciting yeah. you know yeah. okay so I like to um hone in on a specific subject with everyone I speak to um, and I think this one's quite an important one um, and one that this Business Create Collective really tries to um, kind of address and it's the worth of an artist especially artists compared to other creative industries Um, I do think it's changing now with accessible art but how did you really kind of make people take you seriously and go from artist hobby to career artist cool um does anybody take uh, me seriously (laughs) i i certainly don't um fake it till you make it they say don't they um it's it's very difficult to say when you first start i think and you you look at all these people that are what you seem to be incredibly sort of successful Mm. artists that are making it you don't ever put yourself into that position so you tend to sort of price your work accordingly I yeah. think and it's almost like an apprenticeship but yeah. you know, the difficulty is that it's often a 10 or 15 year apprenticeship <laughs> or it's a lifetime apprenticeship, apprenticeship. Yeah. you never quite yeah. you never quite get out there and you've got to be more than just the person who paints the pictures you've got to be a salesman you've got to be able to network with people you've got to yep. be able to do interviews mm-hmm. you know yeah, you and, and that, you know I know some incredibly talented artists that that don't have the kind of the facility to be able to yeah. to be that and I'm quite interested in in the market and how it works and yeah. so I involve myself in that way but I think it's sort of start small and see what happens really yeah. you know that idea of just slowly incrementally increasing it until you reach a level that you think well, actually you know that's where I am yeah, I think that the, the struggle is that people kind of assume that because you love it therefore you'll do it for nothing yeah um, and you know and we, we kind of spoke a little bit off mic about that yeah. idea of um you know working for exposure points you know I can't yeah. I can't feed my kid with exposure no. you know I, I and so you know it is about being polite and you know I had a great one I had a food truck guy coming up to me mm. and he was like okay I've got this food truck and I want you know can you come and paint this food truck and I was like yeah okay yeah this is how much it was going to be and he was like well I was kind of hoping that you know if you paint it and I, I, I you know if I like okay. it I might give you a little bit of money and I was like right okay well I want your food truck to come to my festival yeah, yeah. and I want you to feed all the people in the little festival yeah. that I run if we like your um food then we might tell our friends about it and um and they might they might hire you and they might get some business and they kind of they come back to you and they just don't get it and they go no i'm not giving away food for free but it's completely normal to ask musicians to ask artists to work for free 
We do, you know, I do lots of stuff. I give at least, it must be, a piece a week, uh, merchandise or sometimes pieces of artwork for charity auctions yeah. and for events and raffle tickets because it's a good thing to do, right? Exactly. It's nice to support yeah. charities and I do that. But you've got to accept that, you know, you've got to understand that artists do have to make a living yeah. and you don't go to your mechanic and go if if i like your tires <laughs> yeah. i'll i'll drive around for I'll a year you, yeah. and i might come and give you a bit yeah. of care. or i just tell my friends about you oh, and yeah. they'll all come to your garage and it, it, it's it's so they just don't get to see it's that years of skill although you're born with a creative talent mm. It doesn't just happen. No. You have to train yourself to yeah. be an artist, and yeah. you have got that talent. But they don't, like I said, they don't look at everything behind it. And we were saying off mic, it's that balance, a bit like you said. It's um, as an artist, you are very lucky to have this skill that you mm. can give away mm. if you want to give away. Yeah. But it's not for someone to take just yeah. because you can. And yeah. I just find it. I mean, I hope things are changing. But I do find it odd that the creative industries, it is just, oh, favour for favour. And it's yeah. like, I can't continuously do favours. Like, you don't say to your accountant, like, oh, you do my books and I'll paint you a picture. Like, yeah. they might say yes. Well, actually, favours for favours are quite good. Say, and, I'm, yeah, and I'm quite, you know, like, and I've got a few of those. Yeah, yeah. That's maybe a bad yeah, example. Yeah. But, but, but when they like, want you to do it just yeah, for... When just there's for, nothing back, it's yeah. like a food truck. It's like, well... Accounting was a bad thing, so actually, be quite good. Yeah. <laughs> yes, if you want a year, yeah, yeah. if you want my accounts, that's all good. Yeah. Um, but when they're running a business themselves, it's different—a charity approach, or even like a personal mm. friend saying, "Look, I'd love to have this," but it's when a business who are running a business then want you to do stuff for free. You're like, well, you, you should understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should get this. So, what would you have? You got any advice for anyone who is lacking that confidence and trying to find their worth? Maybe they're doing lots of free pieces and. It's not really quite working. Does it just kind of stick your ground? And yeah, um, I, I kind of live by th- um, three rules. So if anybody says to me, right, okay, what you know, I want to become a famous artist. If they tell me they want to become a famous artist, I say forget it because yeah. you, you you can't be in it for fame no, you've no. got to be in it because you love art to yeah. start with so for those people it's easy just don't do it give up yeah, and do something else but actually yeah. if you want to be if you want to be successful you know artist all you've got to do is three things mm-hmm. you've got to work hard yep. you've got to be nice yep. and there are absolutely no excuses that's that. it I work hard that. be nice no excuses. Yeah. i did that and it only took me 40 years before i started earning <laughs> any money took a while yeah. <laughs> That's such a nice this life you should live by those it is things. Yeah. yeah and you've got you know you've got to go to the gallery openings yeah. you've got to immerse yourself in the lo- yeah. in the artist community mm. you 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 know you've got to be a presence it's more yeah. than just about producing piles yeah. and piles of fantastic artwork and yeah. leaving it in your bedroom for no one to see get it out on social media join yeah. the groups you know yeah. befriend the galleries get to know them get them to know you because yeah. they'll look at your work you know and if they feel that it's something that suits them and it suits their their buying market then they're going to give you a shout and there's yeah, no harm yeah. in giving them a little nudge and going look yeah. you know you've got a fantastic Custom. roster of artists yeah. you know this is what i do if you're interested give me a shout and i'd love to work with you yeah. and if they if they say no it's so hard you take it so personally because yeah. every piece of artwork you invest so much yeah. in and when someone says no it's not really for you us you think that's you them saying it's awful yeah like, yeah you're, you're awful like, no. yeah we don't like you don't <laughs> take it personally just get back on it and just yeah. you know hustle hustle yeah. hustle you know knock on doors ask people get involved in group projects get in anywhere that is going to get your get your, your work out there and yeah. if it's if it's work that you know people are interested in if it's work that people feel that you know there's some value to then they're gonna you know yeah. jump on and get in there i think it's the same it's the, the flip side of people don't not taking artists seriously for the business side it's it's artists not taking Themselves. starting a business as yeah. serious because it's you're a fab painter and 
but you've got to have that other skill. Yeah. You can't just yeah. be a fab artist. It's like a, like a cake maker. You know, you can be great yeah. at baking cakes at home for your family, yeah. but you try and run a cake yeah. shop, it's a different, yeah. you know, so completely do, different yeah. thing. Yeah. And it's why a lot of people have these kind of side, I hate the word, but side hustle. Mm. And it never becomes something because they just don't, they're not willing to learn those skills because they they feel like they've got it. And yeah. it is amazing. And they're like, well, everyone should just love it and take mm. it. And it's like, yeah, but people aren't just sitting around waiting for you to, create it you've no. got to make them yeah. want it so. absolutely yeah yeah very much so and, and you know it, it, the, the art thing is very different you know i'm really really lucky and what i love to paint is also quite um commercially um mm. accepted you know it's yeah, not totally, a difficult yeah. thing to read it can be quite pretty it can it can tug at the heart streets you know yeah, some of the stuff there of... and, and you know i'm really conscious of, you know some incredible artists that do really dark work yeah, and it's niche. quite you know <laughs> it's <laughs> tricky for them to, to to find sort of client base that are yeah. going to want to collect they're not saying they won't and there are plenty of people that will buy a whole range of work whether you know it's commercial yeah accessible yeah. accessible or not yeah, it's just finding that they've got to get out there and find that niche. Whereas yeah. your, yours is, most people will like it, but you've still got to find that niche of who's actually mm. going to buy it because they might appreciate it, really enjoy it. But it's that next step to yeah. actually making a purchase. Yeah, and, no, absolutely. And collecting. Yeah. So, um, I don't have to ask this question because I don't think there is an average week. But what does your average week look like? Or month? Um, yeah. Having come from a teaching background, I've got a uh, fairly good work ethic. Oh, good. Um, I don't know any teachers that don't work super super no, hard, much longer no, hours than they should. Say, so I, training, yeah, and knowing that my wife was going back to work full time in order yeah. to let me do that, yeah. I didn't want to be the archetypal yeah. artist sat in the cafe yeah. drinking coffee yeah. waiting yeah. for inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> There's a fantastic Coming quote from Picasso, right? Which is like, inspiration exists, but it has to find you working. Oh, so I do a good nine to five in the studio. Oh, I'm in here every day, um, and then. Yeah, so even set. if I'm not sure what I'm going to do, I'm, I'm moving paint around yeah. a canvas somewhere in the hope that it might inspire me to get started on something, mm-hmm. play, make mistakes. Um, you know, yeah. so I, I'm you're lucky I've got a few you're... different styles, so I can jump on some Everyman one, one yeah. week and, you know, have some music blaring and kind of it's almost like meditation yeah, painting those, I or, yeah. or I can focus in on the eyes. What I, you know, have the opportunity, which does make it an average week, is I have the opportunity to go and travel and paint as well. Yeah. So where I might be locked up in the studio for a month or two, um, literally just different. pushing paint around the whole time. So um, I also get the opportunity to go, right, OK, I'm going for a week or a fortnight and I'm going to go and paint a big wall somewhere, yeah. connect with some public and <laughs> some other artists and, and get involved that way. So yeah. my work kind of balances between that, you know, my day to day means that like I said you know no wi-fi here I go home yeah, and then idea, you, yeah. you know and you have social media is, is a great tool but it's a real time yeah, eater right so you have to make sure you're posting every day yeah. replying to every comment that's made you've got your emails there's plenty of sort of galleries and projects yeah. and hey would you want to come and paint this or you know my me. kids bedroom blah blah blah, blah. you yeah. know all these things and <laughs> you know at a certain point and then it's really lovely to be in that position you've also got to learn to say 
no, actually, yeah. I don't think I can take that on at the yeah. moment. And, you know, what's nice about the community that we're in in Southsea, yeah. there are so many incredibly talented people. I can say, yeah, I can't do that, yeah. but why don't you go and contact yeah. X down the road or Y yeah. up the road or this gallery here? They'll connect you with a bunch of artists who will be able to sort you out. And I think I that's that. what yeah. is really nice about what's happening in Southsea now is the creative industries right across the board yeah. are beginning to network. They're beginning to see the value in you know, going to have a coffee with, you know, a graphic design team yeah. or, um, you know, the tattoo studio Amazing. or the other artists over there. Yeah. Because actually that little coffee is that, oh, you do that, do you? Yeah. Oh, you know, and then you can you can start collaborating together. Yeah, because this series is all about local. It's kind of within a mile how many people I can kind of find. Yeah. And um, just speaking to everyone, it the scene in Southsea is off the chain like and just talking to Sam from Southsea Beach and um, Southsea Bathing Heart it's so well connected and it is that community I hate saying again community of a competition <laughs> but it is it's yeah. there's no competition everyone supports each other and I think like you say people have realized that that you're not your business on your own and mm. you're you want to be the best business on the street it's if we all do this we can be the best street yeah, if, yeah and I think so. what we're not so good at doing but we're just starting to is to move outside of Portsmouth yeah yeah okay we know what (laughs) a brilliant community of really creative industries there are within the city but not necessarily outside not everybody knows that you know you know we know Bristol's got a mad graph street art scene art scene we know Brighton's got this kind of scene over there London's London isn't it but it's just like well hang on a minute we're we're like this triangle between Bristol and Brighton and you know and why isn't at the moment, everybody's yeah, shouting about how yeah. incredible, uh, and I think it's starting to happen. Yeah, totally. And I think you know there are now local creative industries that are starting yeah. to to reach out. But you know, it's do it. Get yeah. you know, the, have a, the city is great, but also get out of the city and promote yeah. your wares, promote whatever it is you do outside the city because yeah, and uh, connect outside yeah. the city like you say because you don't know if that one person in bristol is going to connect you to that one person in cardiff oh or, yeah yeah and then it just blows up doesn't yeah, it so yeah. um and what i quite like actually that everyone i've interviewed they're all very successful and it does seem to come down to the average week or day it's still structured even though you're creative yeah. and you're creating it's not it's it's run like a business and it's however people do it very differently everyone's got their own setup but you have your structure it's nine to five or it's um i know angela who i interviewed she's five in the morning till sort of ten and then she has another block yeah i think once you find that that's when you can be successful because you can't just get up at nine or ten and then come in at eleven do two hours and yeah i got the white ball behind me the white ball behind me are the list of you know commissions that i've got on projects that are going you have to get the diary out and go oh my god this is happening that's happening and and sort of time tape you know shoehorn it all in as much as you possibly can because no one else is going to do it for you but it's nice to see it to be fair and it it just really hones that point of Mm. treat it like a business um so what what motivates you and drives you so to get up in the morning even though on those off days i'm sure there's (laughs) not many (laughs) um is there something that really motivates you Oh gosh, I don't know. I I love what I do. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I get to Sunday night and I get excited about going into the yeah. studio because I've been thinking about, oh yeah, I'm going to finish this, or That's I was going to so do that nice. project, or I'm going to do a piece for this show. Yeah. Um, 
So Just it's about what yeah, yeah, enjoying what you're doing, doing and you know the excitement of the feedback that comes from um, you know doing a show or. Pr- doing yeah. a wall and then suddenly someone's taking photographs and going oh I've just seen it or I've travelled to this place to see your work and that's it's that's so always nice. really yeah. lovely I was in school this morning the whole kids had all school. done some research and they were all like oh yeah we've seen your stickers here there and oh, you know we, that's, that's a the huge buzz yeah, yeah as an artist you know we, we're a strange breed aren't we because we kind of we're ultimately narcissists because we're, we're putting our work out for <laughs> yeah, everyone to see. But also, we, we want to, we're, you know, yeah, I, I liked about them. sort of being my dog size. It's like I had anonymity, but I was still able to put my work yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah. And you then have to, you know, the, the, the scene has changed. So you've, yeah. you've got to be out there a little you've bit. You've got to be um, your kind of own brand. Yeah. It's nice to hide a little yeah. bit, like you say, like not the name and stuff. Um, what would be your current biggest challenge, would you say, in running? being an artist but as a business um fitting it all in yeah um that's a bit of a tweet yeah time time is an issue and you know saying to you about kind of relinquishing Mm. control fine you know it would be amazing to find the right people that could add to your Mm. your brand to your business to help help grow it um and being brave enough to do that i see you know there are some great businesses that are growing really quickly within the city mm. and uh, and I'm in awe of them kind of taking those steps to, to build it and, yeah. and grow it and I'd love to be brave enough it's huge, but um, it? it's very difficult. I think first person is the hardest. It's, yes. If you move on and get more it's just that that first person has to want to completely understand how far you've come yeah. and it's not... Yeah. And how do you do that? How do you find I that know. person? Do you put because an advert in the paper or, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I just like, don't, you know, I don't know. It's not yeah, a standard job description, is it? They've got to, yeah. they've kind of got to understand you and your work. And yeah. I know artists that have managers um, and, you know, they can, yeah. some of the time is sort of taken away from that. Yeah, um, that's true. Maybe I that's... don't know. I, I have a... Um, uh, oh, sure, problem. This is public, isn't it? I ha- so I have a fa- I have a phantom manager. Oh, so, um, so, so when anybody uh, and I got this from a friend who had a band, and um, and, and so they have a phantom manager. So if someone says, "Oh yeah," well, they contact someone and go as the manager, this imaginary X, Y, and Z. Um, can, so, so they can fend my phantom manager. I'm replying to all the emails, yeah. but it's initially my uh, assistant it, yeah, that applies to always, my imaginary yeah. assistant that applies to my emails. That is such good. It's like when people say it. we, like, and it's just yeah. them. <laughs> we love this. Yeah. Like, Paul's super just, busy at the moment, but yeah, I'm sure you'll yeah. get back to you shortly. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah. That's can we delete that? Bit? Yeah, 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 I was going to say, we'll, we'll take that bit out. Yeah, if you're a young band and you want to look like you've really made it, just make up a manager. You don't do it on my. You definitely haven't ever done that. Um, so we now go on to your biggest piece of advice. So from everything you've learnt, for someone who's looking to turn their talent into a career, what would be your advice? I think I've said it already. It's my, it's my three rules, and I say them again yeah. and again and again. Um, you work hard, be yeah. nice, and there are no excuses. If you mess up, you've got to put your hands up, and you've got to stand up to it, yeah. and you've got to go, I've made a mistake, I'm going to put it right. And that's yeah. really hard sometimes. Yeah. It's easy to you know use excuses that the post office lost it, or the, you know, blah, 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 yeah, X, Y, Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you just you just got just to own it. it. And yeah. honesty is definitely the best policy in, in that I think respect. people like you more, don't they? Because you're real and you yeah. give them that bit of... Yeah. yeah if you're yeah. trying to be like phantom assistant and saying, your, your delivery will be... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it still never comes. I it's can like, blame my phantom yeah. assistant. They didn't yeah. send it. Yeah, yeah. Was that really rubbish assistant? <laughs> I fired her, don't no, worry. Yeah. <laughs> She's gone. 
Okay, so we're on to quick fire round. Um, I definitely want to get a theme tune. <laughs> I don't remember what happened. <laughs> we can Maybe sing one as we go. Do, 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 do. Do. Yeah, you sing it, I'll yeah, do yeah, the yeah. questions. So. so number one, who is your greatest inspiration? Okay, two. There's yeah. a German duo called Hirakut. Cool. Hira and Akut, they work together. Oh. She produces these incredible, loose, fluid, sketchy drawings. He follows with his photorealistic graffiti and I think for art it's that balance of loose and perfection mm. I'm always trying to strive for yeah. elements of loose and perfection the viewer's brain is really useful for me because it um it fills in the blanks yeah. so if I do one thing absolutely perfectly the other bits can be really really yeah, loose and they amazing. do that brilliantly yeah, other one um there is an old school um uh, group of street artists called the London Police okay. they they look like whether it's true or not I don't know look like they love everything they do they don't take okay. anything seriously and they just they just look it. like they're having a really really cool time yeah. and i just think i want to be That's, like that yeah yeah striving for that i love those two i'll have to try and link them so yeah can definitely find them, yeah, but, yeah. Um, i'll get in touch with you about that um what's your absolute favorite thing to do when you're not here in the studio or kind of running the business oh gosh um there isn't a huge amount of free time family um we we get away when we can surfing on the beach everything's switched off yeah Yeah. love that what makes you happy probably similar to your last answer oh god yes um (laughs) deep yeah (laughs) goes deep as you can i don't know just (laughs) gonna make you cry yeah (laughs) um oh just feeling feeling really lucky yeah yeah Yeah, I do feel really really lucky to be in the situation I'm in I work really hard but I just feel I've had some really good breaks in my career and my life and I've got good support so um so it's not you it's definitely not luck you've worked very hard for it but it seems that you're in such a good place with your fat you've got such a supportive family and then you'll be able to run so it's all worked out well (laughs) all those teacher days that and a good meal yeah Yeah, that makes me happy Yeah. (laughs) yeah I was gonna say um looking back is there a standout moment that you're really proud of like it was it a commission or um first really big solo show i did in west london um it was three huge rooms i slept on the floor of the studio for a week leading up to it just painted myself to a point where i was an empty shell um but yeah, when the doors opened, there were people queuing outside for like 12 hours to get in, mm. which was just the biggest buzz. And just, just as the doors opened and everyone came in, I was just so exhausted, totally and utterly exhausted, <laughs> but also completely elated just, that yeah. I'd made it happen. I'd made it happen. I looked around and it was like, I did I this. Do, yeah, it's like yeah. running a marathon or something. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I, I, done, I, don't run, I, like, I couldn't <laughs> run a marathon, but <laughs> it probably so is. Yeah, yeah. It is, I think. You kind of you get that measure and you go, oh, yeah, that's yeah. what it was for. Yeah. Of course, that's my professional answer, not my personal yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ch- children marriage all those sorts of things yeah yeah, yeah they, of course they Especially come first yeah. the wife's done yeah, yeah. Like the wife <laughs> she's my proudest moment um what is the best thing about running your own business studio um it's the best and the worst when I mean, you're making the decisions yeah you get yeah. to choose that yeah. can be the worst as well because when you mess That's up, so it's true, no one actually. to pick up. But I, I can decide. Yeah. I can decide how I can do it. I thought it would be that I could take as much time off as I wanted, <laughs> but you never do. You speak to anybody time. that runs their own business <laughs> yeah, and they so work true. way harder. Holiday? <laughs> what holiday? No, I'm just finishing this email, darling. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I say that question has never been answered with like downtime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, it's like. Absolutely. But it is. It's that. It's freedom, but not in the sense that you initially think when you maybe want to start a business. It's yeah. not 
freedom on a beach and chilling. It's freedom to do what the hell you yes. want to do. And, yeah, um, create your own life, isn't it? Mm. Um, okay, a bit more random. If you could eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? <sighs> uh, my wife's roast dinner. Ah, oh, good show. Yeah. I was going to say, now it's all going. Yeah. Right. I've got to yeah. remember how much she's done for me. Uh, yeah, he was bubbling foe up the road, was my oh, close yeah, seconds. Yeah, yeah. Two yeah. like yeah. good Vietnamese, yeah. Roasting is a good var- variation, yeah. I feel. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you I reckon you that. could vary it, right? With the veg, yeah, different meat. Yeah, I reckon you could not die. It's the same thing <laughs> yeah. all the time, might be a little bit yeah. much. So, yeah, because me and Claude were like biscuits, but I think we'd die a bit quicker <laughs> than you. <laughs> You'd be living on, yeah. like, yeah, I'm good. At least I get my, yeah, yeah. five a day. Especially your wife kicking it. We've got to go and buy the biscuits. Um, if you weren't running my dog size as a company, what would you be doing? I'd probably still be teaching, teaching yeah, I think. Yeah, I really like enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, the bureaucracy and what it's like. My wife keeps saying, you could never go back now. It's so it's different. It's changed, so different. Yeah. It has changed massively. And hats off to all those teachers out there because yeah. they just work. Anybody who works in the public sector, they work so, so flipping hard without without the the, the support and the respect that they, they should be getting yeah. from above and below, I think. So, um, totally. yeah, so shout out to the teachers. Yeah, big shout out. Um, so last one, if you could be transported to any place in the world right now, where would it be? <sighs> uh, I'm so lucky. I get to visit so many cool say, places. Yeah. The downside is I do it on my own. Yeah. Um, that's that's not so cool. That's so I, I spoke about to Miami, right? So the oh, first year I went to Miami, um, I made the fatal flaw of... Um, FaceTiming my wife when oh, I got to Miami no, Beach. No, I was in South Beach, Miami, right? December. And I FaceTimed and I was like, hey, I'm in Miami on the beach. And she said, the boiler's just broken down. We've got no hot water and central heating and we're wrapped in duvets. I don't want this video call right now. Please don't ring me for another week. Yeah. So that was the, the biggest mistake. So oh, no, I get you. I get opportunities to travel, which is which is really, really cool. Just come back from Melbourne, which is just like okay. the coolest city. But I think art. anywhere we have a week every year where the whole family go to a little beach in North Devon called Puttsborough and there's no phone signal at all and then we'd sleep in the back of the van and surf all day every day and that's just those things that those real kind of memory makers it's not about some fancy place far away it's just yeah yeah. and like you say the next step is being sort of growing that much that you can take everyone with you can't mm. you the kids come and they'd cool. love it yeah. wouldn't they um so finally um what's the future for you and my dog size oh do you know it, it's a it's a weird one people talk about you know should you have a five-year plan let's see yeah, you know. um i don't know I'll, I'll see what email you know i get a random email every now and again yeah. saying do you want to come here and do this and if it sounds cool i'll do it i've got a big ex well, it's not a big exhibition it's a little exhibition but it's the exhibition coming up in november oh, yeah. um so that's kind of really my kind focus of year, yeah yeah the year, yeah, the year gets filled up pretty quickly yeah. with it only takes a few events and a few shows it's kind of like you're um, saying it's, kind of that start. prep six months before and then it's a three-week show that's yeah and next oh, year, yeah. of course, is 2020, yeah. right? 2020 oh, vision. Yeah. I was like, yes. So, so <laughs> I have true. to do something big. Yeah. I have to have a really big show and call it 2020 That's vision, that don't is I? Amazing. So, it what, be what it is and where year. it is, I have no idea. That's but I want, I want to do something really big and really cool, and it will be 2020 vision. I absolutely love that. I love that. Oh, yeah. Get planning now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there wherever it is. What's his face? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be there. Cool. So that's everything. Thank you so much for well for letting me come to your studio. No worries. Feature sometimes. Cool. Sure. Thank you. 
As always, I am so grateful for you taking the time to tune into this episode. I think we can all agree that Paul is a pretty wicked guy. I will pop links to all of his work in the show notes below and anything that we've chatted about. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share. We love to hear who's tuning in. Hopefully see you again next week.